Welcome to the Hoops Post Game Show here on 93.7 The Ticket. We are celebrating a Nebraska 80-72 hard-fought overtime comeback victory. The second top 10 win for Nebraska this season. Almost assuredly, without a, with a, other than a complete collapse, it looks like this team's going dancing because that resume is looking mighty fine. I'm Jake Bachman, joined by Husker Hall of Famer Eric Strickland here to celebrate the victory. Strick, man, what a roller coaster ride that Woo. was. What are your initial thoughts from the big Husker victory? Man, I was at I was at the stadium and it, it was uh it was looking really frustrating early. A lot of carelessness, a lot of turnovers, a, you know, rebounded, just didn't seem to have the uh the energy that was uh, uh matched or matched the energy with Wisconsin and uh, got down and but uh, that's what CJ's for, man. CJ embraced his role as a six-man, and he came in, on, and they came out in the second half, still making some careless turnovers. they got to really address that part because it's not really anything major that that Wisconsin was doing. It was just, just especially the little run that Chucky had all yeah, by himself. Back-to-back back <laughs> steals and just, scores. Just kind of lackadaisical in the past. But, hey, listen. They overcame adversity tonight and 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 had great moments of their own. Uh, Josiah Alec and and uh, Sam Hoiberg making great effort plays on the defensive side. Uh, fight, you know, getting Gary back. You, you obviously saw at the end securing rebounds when they need them. Those are all big things, and they they all played a part towards the end of the game. And they made free throws down the stretch, which could have cost them because they did miss a lot of free throws tonight as well. Yeah, and it was, uh, I mean, there, there's a couple of stats that kind of come out of this game that if you're watching the broadcast was mentioned often uh, that are just kind of historical here. Um, Wisconsin was 120-0 and since the year 2000 when when leading by 15 or more at half. And you think about all those, those Bo Ryan and now Greg Gard teams since then that have just, it's been a, a consistent program that just kind of grinds you out. So you can kind of understand the statistic, but 120 and 0 for the last 24 years, um, you know, it just took the 121st team and CJ Wilcher to get that going. That's how amazing this game was and kind of the ups and downs of it. Yeah. There was also a, uh, a 10-plus run, scoring run, by three different Wisconsin players. That's different points in this time, so that was amazing. But the other one that they, they mentioned was the top six. Uh, the first time since 1957, 1958, which was the only other season, Nebraska's had two top six wins in a season. And like I said, I mean, there's plenty of time to, to break down this game, and there's lots to break down, but just overall... Uh, when they were interviewing Fred Hoiberg in the post game, and, and it's a lot harder to do this in basketball than it is football, where you say this is big's win for the season. This one is like big for the program because this is putting this team and the number the one the win over number one already did, but there's still kind of a prove it factor. And now with two wins, I mean, I could see Nebraska getting plenty of votes to be in the top twenty five. I mean, because there are a lot of teams kind of in that five six loss range. Some of them get in, some of them don't. And if you have one good win, you can chuck it up to, okay, they had a good night and they're a pretty solid team. Two wins like this, it, it, it you know, that, that moves Nebraska up. It's going to move Nebraska up quite a bit. Well, you said something that's very important. I think it it helps them in the recruiting. Yeah. Uh, it helps them in transfers. It helps them because Nebraska plays a style of basketball that's fun. Right? Yeah, they do. A lot of motion, a lot of touches, a lot of people, a lot of ways you can affect the game. Um, those are important. You're absolutely right, man. This is a huge program win, but it's also a huge resume win. But here's what they haven't done. What is it that they haven't done, Bach? 
they haven't been able to put it back to back. You have these emotional wins. They've got another chance. Just think of what they could do if they go on the road and take Illinois. Mm. Like that, that for your, not only for your program, for your confidence late in the season, you get the hard road win. You've been elusive to you. You know, you've given oh, yeah. up Minnesota and Rutgers and you've given up a lot of the easier ones, but you get to go and get the hard one. I want to see a back-to-back effort. I don't want to see a lackluster, lackadaisical effort. They go on the road. Oh, we, oh, we got the big one. And, oh, no. Go, go. Let's stack, let's stack days. Let's stack wins. Go take that because the rest of the season, after the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Illinois game, the rest of it are gettable. Yeah, yeah. No other top they're, 25 they're, teams left. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern, that'd be a great quad Basically, would present possibly a quad one win for them. They pushed Purdue again last night. Yeah, yeah in overtime. Good, good squad. That could be a good win to get. But if you don't, that's okay. But it's them other ones. It's Michigan. You got to get twice. There's yeah. a worst team in your league right yep. now. You've got to get them twice. You got a chance to get them on the road, and then you've got another one. You've got Rutgers that comes in, revenge for them. None of them are top tier teams after that. So uh, this is an opportunity for them. They won. I said if they split. I thought they've got a great chance. They did that tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And it does take a little bit of pressure off, but they're still going to be... They're going to need to do uh, There's enough um, motivation, I think, with that 0-5 Big Ten record that they'll, they'll be very focused against Illinois. But just, you know, again... Well, a lot, lot to break down small picture here, but such a big picture win for Nebraska uh, that it's kind of interesting to start off with that. But to your point, you already said it, but we're going to continue saying it throughout the night. C.J. Wilcher was a bucket, and he was, you know, I think he started five for five from beyond the arc, he hit a, he had a, he got fouled and then hit another three from NBA range. No second thoughts about it. And really, his second half performance um, really sparked that bench. Now, Juwan Gary also coming off the bench, so um, you, you kind of heard the splits there. Uh, the, the Nebraska played much better, or, or you could say played much better um, with Wilcher and Gary and kind of the backups in the game. Hoiberg had some incredible moments there, three steals, uh, a lot of effort plays uh, off the bench as well. But you ended up getting some pretty big buckets and contributions from Rick Mass. Uh, 20 points, 8 rebounds, and Bryce Williams hitting some big ones there late. 17 points and 9 rebounds. So, uh, yeah, because very... Mass only had 6 points yeah. at half. Yeah. 6 points, 3 of 7, just looked like he wasn't involved, similar to the same game before that, mm-hmm. where he only took 5 shots. But then he got aggressive. He started to get on the attack. That's what we need to see consistently out of Rick Mass. Got on the attack, got bodies, got to the jump hook. Started working out, putting, you know, a little bit of Akeem Olajuwon on the inside, a little half spin. (laughs) He worked out. Then the three started falling. That stretched the team. You saw on one of his drives, uh, caught the ball uh, just above the, uh, you know, the, the, right, uh, just above the elbow. Um, CJ Wilcher's in the corner, wide open on the right hand side, right hand drives. Klesman doesn't even come off CJ. And it gave him an opportunity to have all that space for scores. That's what they do if they if they happen to make shots. And they did all of this without Tamanaga even yeah. arriving to the in the building. Two points, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, Tamanaga had a rough day on his birthday. Uh, one of seven from the floor. Oh, or, excuse me. Yeah, from the floor. Oh, four from the three point arc. Just two points. But it's it's interesting too because obviously if you, if you would have said that going in the game, you said okay, well there's a little bit of trouble. Um, but it's interesting too in Nebraska. At times, and they really did kind of use that bench a lot. Uh, both Tominaga and Lawrence, their minutes did kind of get taken away in the second half by the Garys, the Wilters, the Hoybergs that were uh, putting a l- putting in a little bit more. It's not to say that you're not going to need them later on, um, but <laughs> at times, and especially when we've said this before with Tominaga and his size, if he's not hitting, 
you're, you know, you, you might find somebody that can, and they found CJ tonight. Now, the other thing about this, too, and I was looking at the, the, the season stats, is you're going to have a little bit of race between CJ and Tamanaga about who's going to hit who's going to hit the most threes. Uh, Wilter actually has more made on the, on the season now at a higher clip. So, what I mean, what is it about Wilter? He's a, he's a guy that I, I don't think it was guaranteed that this role was going to come to him. He was, he, you know, he, he had to, he's had to kind of fight for his spot his whole career here. Kind of had ups and downs as far as if, is he, if he's making his three, kind of seen as a, um, you know, maybe streaky shooter here and there. This, he's been streaky as of late, but it's all been good streak. What, what, what do you think's kind of uh, been the difference in, in Wiltshire and the shooter and catching that, that fire? Well, Al Kush said it on the uh, YouTube stream. CJ is the best six man in the Big Ten. Mm. I, I, I think he's awesome, too. I think I, I would agree with him on that. One of the things about CJ is he's embraced the role. He took on the role. He understands what coaches and, and staff asked of him. And he's prepared himself for it each and every night. So, therefore, he knows what's expected out of him. He knows his minutes are going to be there. He knows to come in. He's worked on areas, understood the offense, began to see and pick spots in where he knows where his shots can come from or certain plays where he knows if he comes off and he's got to look. And I can tell that he's 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 understood that because when he's coming off, he's coming off with an eye. And then he's not forcing it like he's done in the past. Earlier in his career, C.J. Wilshire may have fired off some of those shots, and but he's now got there, seen it's not for him, maybe took a shot fake, and got back into it and, and found it later on in the, in the offense. Oh, yeah. I think that's uh, it just shown his improvement, shown his growth. And CJ's definitely uh, uh, saved him tonight. Well, and it's interesting. It's not just tonight because, like I said, he's yeah, been, been hot consistent. as of late. Yeah. Um, but tonight, especially, you know, he's at a point in his career where the, the final possession they didn't have. And this is regulation where they didn't have any timeouts left. Uh, they did some offensive decent fits and substitution, and so he wasn't out there for the final shot. And you know, again, early in his career, you might think, well, okay, they kind of make their choice, and sometimes he's not going to be a part of it. I was just thinking, man, one more timeout, and he's definitely out there, and he's probably <laughs> taking the shot. Um, so that's that's just kind of the night that C.J. Wilcher had uh, historic to make a, a quite a bit of a comeback. We talked about rink mess, that big three that Fred drew up late to use Wilcher as kind of the, the 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 screener, so there was no able to get off on him. Now, Mass still had to hit the deep three after missing so much early on. Well, stepped Look, off on the one, too, oh, on, on the big fella. He did. What I mean, in, in a lot of time, you could just say it's a, it's kind of a make-or-miss game. Is that what was going on for early for Nebraska? I mean, because they had a lot of good three-point looks early in this game. They're a three-point shooting team. They just weren't hitting any of them. Well, one thing you can say for sure is that once they got back into the game and watching C.J. catch fire, the crowd God, it, you weren't there, Bach, but when I tell you, they were raucous. It, oh, yeah. it went to a whole nother octave. Once that happened, you can see the intensity of the team began to get going. One of the things that I think they have to learn is they have to learn to drub that up by themselves. That's where I think they struggle on the road is that they don't, they don't internally within the group or within the five or within the, the team, they don't know how to, you know, uh, pump and prime each other to get it going on the road. That's one of the things that they have to figure out because the the the, the crowd was phenomenal tonight, and they got them gave them a, a good spark and great energy to get back in this game. Well, you just think about how much energy and how much um, uh, just momentum and and all of that that you know that that we're going to be looking forward to this next game compared to at halftime where it was like. 
You know, you just got your lunch money taken from you and beaten up and any in any any other way you could say it on the road your past game and then it looked like that was going to happen here and then you got to go on the road again and that second half again uh, could be a program changing season defining and, and season changing second half as well. Um you don't want to get ahead of yourselves, but you talk about big wins on the big wins on the resume. Um, and that is certainly it. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we're going to continue celebrating Nebraska's 80-72 to victory over Wisconsin. It took overtime to get there. It took a big second half to get there, but the Huskers got it done. I'm Jake Bakovin, joined by Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet Eric Strickland. We'll take a quick break here on the Hoops Post Game Show, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Hoops Post Game Show, sponsored by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical, who, by the way, saw their sign on the broadcast as well. Some signage in the Haymarket working out for some of those shots on television. Uh, so good for Action to get some action there. Uh, Nebraska with an 80-72 to victory in overtime over the Wisconsin Badgers, the number six Wisconsin Badgers, who is one of the hottest teams in college basketball. So it's a big win for Nebraska in so many different ways. Strick, what does it kind of mean as you're looking at the Big Ten standings we were talking about during the break? Nebraska kind of climbing in, in you know, I know a lot of people keep close eye on these things, kind of climbing their way up the, the Big Ten with another big win at the top. <clears throat> One thing that you, uh, uh, Nick and I were talking on uh, on the block earlier this, today, we were talking about the Big Ten standings and how there's just a huge hodgepodge of everybody sitting and hovering around that 500 mark, you know, five and five. There's like, there were like, when we came into the night, one, two, three, four, there were f- like five teams like tied at that fifth for that fifth slot. And everybody's coming by and, and just join this, this wonderful <laughs> win. Um, but what this win did for them, Bach, it wasn't just a huge resume win. It wasn't just a win against a top 10 team. It keeps them hovering without drop because literally a loss tonight sends them dang near down possibly eighth place, ninth place, just mm-hmm. that quick one loss. So that's why that win was even more important to get it as well, because now they're hovering just they're five all by themselves. They got to play Northwestern in a few weeks. They're already one up on Northwestern. So any tie right now with Northwestern, they leapfrog them. But the big part about it, Bach, you want that four slot. You want one oh, through yeah. four. Oh, yeah. Right now, Illinois and those guys, those guys are probably going to fight it out. But you bring yourself even closer to Illinois by knocking them off this weekend if you can. But you want that four slot. Why? You get double by in Big Ten tournament. The last half of your games – you take care of Penn State, which is not. Penn State's at the bottom half, mm-hmm. under 500 in conference four and six. You got Michigan twice. They're two and eight in conference, home and away. You get revenge on Rutgers coming into your building. And you got the Iowa Hawkeyes that also come in, right? You get them, mm-hmm. you get them one more time, right? And Ohio State team that you beat pretty squarely on the road, but still. So you that's what the schedule looks like, right? Yeah. So you you still got an opportunity. Do you get Maryland again? I don't believe so. They, don't get, Indi- one they get Indiana. Indy one more time. They got to yeah. go on the road. That could be another potential quad one road win. 
And if you get one of those, Northwestern, you even if you lose to the Illini, you get Northwestern or Indiana, I think your resume set. You 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 know, but make sure you're in the the mid-tier minimum of the Big Ten tournament. Minimum. Yeah, it's interesting as Nebraska kind of, if you turn your focus to the next two road games, uh uh-oh, two road games, at Illinois and at Northwestern. Those are probably the toughest games remaining because, as you mentioned, as I look down those final games here, how many are there? We can count them as I I say them. You'd have Michigan at home, Penn State at home, at Indiana, uh, Minnesota at home, at Ohio Mm -hmm. State, Rutgers at home, and at Michigan. So that's your final seven games. I believe only Indiana uh, being outside of maybe the top, bottom four or five teams in the Big Ten. So, yeah, a lot of opportunity there, but it's, it's such a tough stretch that they have right now that that's why I understand why you were saying maybe get a split. Um, but, I mean, still, they, they, they've, they've got some tough, tough games ahead of them. But tonight, obviously, you want to celebrate. Um, and it, it's interesting, too, because it's not just the Big Ten stands. As I said before, I'm interested where Nebraska kind of gets into the conversation of – uh, of nationally because Illinois and a lot of it depend on Illinois. They won't get another top 25 ranking until after that Illinois game. So we'll have to see, you know, what kind of happens there, but Nebraska, like Wisconsin's 16 and six or Wisconsin's number six in the nation. They're now 16 and five Nebraska, not unranked and they're 16 and six. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of four or five, six lost teams, a not just bunched bunch up them. in the, you know, bunched up in the big 10. It's a bunch up in college basketball and in the top 25, and you just want to be one of those teams because you never know who can get hot at the right time. And maybe it could be Nebraska. We continue to say if the if the if the national tournament, NCAA tournament was played in Pinnacle Bank Arena, you might have some national champs right there. Yeah, and I guarantee if you look at some of those records, Nebraska's schedule rankings. I bet their their wins, their quad wins, they measure up with anybody in there. Yeah, they measure up. I mean, outside of the top teams in in the country, but they measure up. Yeah. So I, I I like where they're at. I still think um I still think there's some work to be done, but it's getting that monkey off your back on that road. You gotta figure yep. out a way to do it. Even if you come up short in Illinois, you got to figure out from northwestern on down how to get one or two. One or two. I think if you break through one you 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 get kind of a it's like a confidence thing that, yeah. that comes with it. Yep. Then you can start probably seeing compound. I remember when I was playing, uh, we were kind of in the middle of the pack and struggling a little bit, and we went on the road and we 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 got a couple just on the road. I think we went to Hilton, got one, and then it just boom, we started rolling. We won six out of the last seven. It can happen like that. This this team is capable, but they've got a they've got a they've got a hone in, focus, and they've got to break down some of the issues that they're having with the turnovers. Because, listen, when they were at halftime, Bach, at halftime, they were 23-10 to 10 in rebound margin. Yeah, it was it's rough. It was Rebounding was bad again, yeah. But then they only ended up down by about 10. Yeah. So that, that they, they saved themselves there, but they're, they've got to work on those turnovers. Turnovers is one area, but they forced turnovers tonight, yeah. so that was a good thing. Season-high uh, turnovers for Wisconsin. Not all of them being completely forced, but some of them were uh, 16 uh, turnovers, actually, by the Badgers. Um, and now we got some questions off, off the text line. I'll, I'll kind of gr- uh, group them together so we can kind of get to you. And I see you clicking on a few of them. Ryan says, switch the lineup Sunday to give us a spark on the road. Uh, he also said... Uh, Sam and CJ, completely different team with those two on the floor. Need to start. 
Um, so kind of some questions there. Um, I think with, with a team like this, it's not always important who's starting, but who maybe yeah. who's getting starters minutes. Mm-hmm. And CJ Wilcher cer- certainly making a, an argument for that. Would you consider putting him in the starting no. lineup? You don't think, yeah. No, going, I, I, the flow's going well. Now. I, I've talked about this before, and I said, okay, there's been guys that you know, like, for example, Jason Terry in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there's been some other, Kevin Martin, um, other guys. Just that you, great they're, off they're the just bench. Heaters. Listen. Yeah. Um, Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Guys like that, they, they know their niche. They're spark guys. That's what they know in their mind. They know what they're going to do. They know when their time frame is. They know how many minutes they're going to get. They know when they're going to come into the game, and they're locked in on that. That's the thing that they need to stay focused on is CJ. CJ <laughs> needs to stay focused on doing what he needs to do coming off the bench. Leave him there. Yeah. Let him finish games. Let him you know, work. But his mind is set on, on where he's He's uh, comfortable, and that's coming off the bench. Now, sweet, sweet Lou Williams, another one. Sweet I, I Lou, like that's that. it. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, too. Lou Williams. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I do think that he's again playing himself into starters minutes, um, and it just kind of depend too. I mean, if Tominaga's having an off night, obviously yeah. Wilcher can kind of fill that role for them. Um, Nebraska, by the way, now fourteen and one at home. That's the best record as far as total wins in the Big Ten. Only Purdue at 11-0 has a better winning percentage than Nebraska at home in the Big Ten. So, man, it's going to be it's a tough place to get the victory. And it's kind of funny, um, too, because I, I did go to the first half of the game as well and, and just kind of watching how it started. And, and again, Nebraska was missing shots, um, just couldn't get anything to fall. A.J. Storr had, like, the first 10 points of the game, or at least the first 10 points uh, for Wisconsin and, you know, I was, I was watching these these cows come down from the Chick-fil-A, and I was, I was just thinking, like, all right, what are we going to talk about on the post-game show if this if this score continues, if it continues to be uh, kind of a blowout? Uh, and they did such a good job. I mean, Chucky Heckburn, as soon as they got him back in the game, we talked about earlier his little run that he did. Wisconsin, just a tough team to hang in there with, but Nebraska um, finally gets it done and, and is able to come back, like you said, at halftime down 43-27 to Whereas that rebound twenty three to ten turnovers only at seven to six, but the field goal percentage shooting was, was pretty rough comparison fifty five percent in the first half from the Badgers thirty eight percent for Nebraska. They were lucky to only be down it's only and, sixteen. Well, and it finished too with Nebraska better field goal shooting percentage because of what they did in the second yeah, yeah, half defense. at forty five percent, and in Wisconsin just really struggling at forty two percent. And they've had halves like they had this forty three. Point half in in Madison they had a fifty five point half against Nebraska. What what did you see much change with the Badgers uh, the way they were defending them because they only scored twenty four after the break in the first uh, in the second half and then five in overtime. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna talk about a couple things. Mm-hmm. One, Nebraska is like twenty two and one in uh, Hoiberg's era when they are reach eighty. Mm. You see, yeah, you've spent okay. that before. Yeah, that's that's let's just let's let's stay on that because I've always said the more and the closer they get to the upper seventies, I didn't think they were going to get there tonight. So I knew it was going to either be a knockdown drag out game. I didn't know. I didn't think they could get there, but then they caught fire. But here's the other part. I've always talked to. If you always hear me, one of the things I'm going to talk about, whether it be on on my shows or here on the, on the post game, is the differentials. If you look at the differentials. They points in the paint. You see a lot of equal stuff. Equal there, 
equal in the field goal, equal in the three. I'm always know that Nebraska's going to have that. But where they win the differentials, if they win three or more differentials, they usually are going to win a game. They win free throw shooting, okay, in a pretty good margin. They end up only having 12 turnovers. It looked, to me, it felt like 20. It felt like it was 20. But they win that differential by a small margin. Don't lose big on the on the on the rebounds, which was okay. Offensive rebounds didn't get killed. Second chance points, even bench points, huge differential, thirty four to ten. Mm-hmm. That's one points in the paint, which is the surprise. Where where is the advantage for Wisconsin? Inside, yeah. They, they didn't go to it a lot. They didn't go to yeah. it. They, and, and Greg Gard's going to be disappointed about that. And look, everything else is equal. Steals, blocks, eh? but the assist number, that's another differential. They won three. You, They usually win three or more differentials without getting killed on any other. They win games. Uh, somebody's asking, too, and I wanted to get to your, your an answer on this. Jessica's saying, uh, Casey's my favorite player. However, he's kind of been a non-factor. Why? just simply kind of shooting with it because his size makes it kind of tough for him to really get into it. And it's not just shooting, but offensively, I mean, he can get the floater rolling or something, but yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, he got to the point where they didn't play him too much. Two things are going on with KSA for me. He's pulling strings. You're a shooter. Mm -hmm. He pulls the string way too much. There's inconsistency with string pulls. And and if you don't, if if you don't play basketball, you may not know what I'm talking about. When Kase shoots, if you're watching on the stream, when Kase shoots a lot of his shots, it's shoot and pull. It's, he's doing like this. So he's really just slinging the shot. When you're, when you're struggling with shooting, this is your, your, your stuff's all got to be like this. Everything you shoot, straight up and down, follow through. Make sure it's at least not mechanically Make while sure you're Make sure you're yeah. mechanically sound. And that's what K-State's been doing. He gets away with it sometimes because he'll hit shots, and then all of a sudden you start doing that. I used to do it as a, as a young high school player, but then my coach had to get on me about that. He's got to stop pulling strings. He needs to follow through. He needs to go straight up and down or going in a little bit because a lot of the stuff he's shooting now is floating. So he's, 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 he's shooting and floating. He's doing a lot of floating. So And he had three good looks today. When you miss those, your confidence can get shot. Yeah, I mean, because they're flying at him, shot fake, steps to the side. Those are butt naked. You know what I mean? If you're you're a shooter butt naked, you should hit those shots at a clip of at least 8 out of 10. Minimum 7. Butt naked. Yeah. And that, that, you know, if if you want to be a pro, I mean, that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, there's going to be some games where he's just, you know, kind of out of it. And, again, you got to at least give Fred Hoiberg credit for not, yeah. you know, sitting on it and trying to make it work. He found some different lineups to get out there uh, and get Nebraska back in this game. The other thing I wanted to question, question you about, and it's, you know, it's been years and years that we continue to ask this question, but the fans don't forgive. Uh, Chucky Hepburn, every time he was touching the ball, was getting booze again. <laughs> you have a problem with that, or, or does that kind of fuel the competitor in Chucky Hepburn a little bit, you think? Because it didn't seem to bother him. He He's a heck of a player. Yeah, Chuck's a heck, a heck of a player. You know, Greg was in here uh, for WTF. Uh, his dad his dad came in and got on our show. Mm. So if, if you want to take a look at him, it's a great interview. We talked about, you know, his process, why he chose what he chose, um, you know, you, you can understand because he's a local kid 
But there was just a lot of things that just happened at that time. You got to understand that he, you know, there was a, there was a coaching change, mm-hmm. um, kind of got to him late. You know, it, it yeah. was a lot of circumstances that kind of came with that. It wasn't that he didn't like Nebraska or didn't want to come to Nebraska, but you know, he's, he's, you want to try to get in somebody's head, so I can yeah. understand why they would boo, you know, or whatever the case may be. Well, dude, it's credit. He's been a thorn in Nebraska's side yeah. ever since getting in Madison as well. Well, you saw he court. was doing that with his defense. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's just what he does. He's a hawk. So, yeah. I mean, it's okay. Well, and I mentioned it, too. They they had uh, – he was he had his own run here. They had three different players in store, Klesman and Hepburn, score 10-plus points in a row for Wisconsin – and it wasn't like through like four minute drugs. It was like quick. Wisconsin yeah. was like on the on the go, uh, you know, type of situation. You're just thinking, man, what can they do? And it was wildly entertaining when Klusman was doing it because Wilter was doing it on the other side, and they were guarding each other. So there was a bit of talk back and forth about mm-hmm. anything you could do, I could do better type of thing going yeah, on. That, that was uh, very entertaining. And again, there's there's so many like so much to break down in this game of the back and forth eventually, but the, the big comeback that had to be had, the missed shots early. Um, how about officiating? We always get it. There's always some some questions about officiating. Oh, there was some booze. There was some BS. Uh, um, chance, sorry to the children in the audience, but that's what the student section was rolled with today. Um, the big did you have one, too much problem with the ref name? The I? big one yeah. was masked, going vertical, and they called that... Uh, they're in the block between for Bryce. Being a referee, yes, I know sometimes we miss them, but boy, those guys are getting paid a whole, whole lot of money to 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 kind of get that close to missing some of this. Listen, I said it on a tweet, but boy, oh boy, Wisconsin literally could have traveled. Literally, when I'm saying travel, I'm not talking about the fact that they got on a plane and they flew to Lincoln. Yeah. I'm saying they could have traveled before uh, their first dribble <laughs> to Madison and walked all the way to Madison <laughs> <laughs> without taking the bus. Like that's it was unbelievable mm. how much they traveled tonight. It, I'm talking about like by rule, yeah, jump, stop, steps, travel by rule. Mm. And those guys are missing stuff like that. I mean, Wall Wall freaking walked from the Pinnacle Bank Arena to the Haymarket half the time. Yeah, shoot, it was crazy. Well, Nebraska did at least for for those that are, that are frustrated with the with their officials. They did get the free throw advantage tonight, twenty six to twelve. As far as attempts, they were nineteen of twenty six. The usual, pretty solid self, seventy three percent from the line. While Wisconsin just eight of twelve in that category. Um, Jeremy says he almost asked me what I thought about the game tonight. I ran into Jeremy earlier on O Street. Said a good thing I didn't jinx it. Yeah, that's probably you know maybe we would have jinxed it earlier. It's on O Street. It's close enough. You don't want to, you don't want to do that. Uh, Jessica says it has got to be hard to play at Pinnacle Bank Arena, and PBA is definitely going to get uh, more credit from the from the talk shows, and especially you watch BTN uh, as one of the most difficult places to play in the Big Ten. She says, "What was it like playing in loud venues, Strick?" Oh, uh, it was it was tough. I mean, playing the Antlers were probably one of the craziest playing in Missouri. Mm. Um, playing at Oklahoma State, it was like they were on top of you. Pause. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> but they, it was really like they were like right there on you. Yeah. Like you step out of bounds to throw the ball. They're like right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like Duke. Yeah. Cameron Graves. Very much like Cameron. Yes. Yeah. It was like that. That was a wild place. Was, uh, Oklahoma was really kind of chill. Um, but uh, Hilton, Iowa State, yes, yeah. sir. Mm. Rockus. Yeah. And then Fog Allen was always tough. Yeah. You know, bet, you know yeah. they get to saying that. Rock Chalk yeah. Jayhawk KU and they start doing all that. Yeah. It's yeah, like a, it's like it a church wild. or something yeah, in there too. It's so. like a freaking cult. It's crazy. Uh <laughs> Nebraska does get the win 80 to 72. We've got to take one more break, then we'll wrap things out here on the Hoops Post Game Show. Once again, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. We'll do that with the Husker Hall of Famer Eric Strickland coming up next. Back on the Hoops Post Game Show here on 93.7. The Ticket Huskers, a big-time victory, 80-72 to over the Big Bad Wisconsin Badgers, who seem to have Nebraska's number in football and volleyball and, and mostly basketball, but not tonight. Tonight, Nebraska's got their number, uh, so a big victory. Uh, we will get to the phone lines. We have Quentin, who wants to ask about rank mass, but first, I do want to also uh, talk with Nick Sainert, who was at the game and obviously is celebrating the victory Boys, along with us. gentlemen. Gentlemen, <laughs> um, Stricky, correct me if I'm wrong. I was at now. I understand I'm younger. I was at Snow Sit Sunday though, and I remember it vividly. That was the best environment that I've ever been a part of. I have to agree, I, and, and that that tops Snow Sit Sunday. I wouldn't, no, I wasn't I wouldn't there. Go that far. I wouldn't go that far. The aftermath, I, the, maybe the maybe the aftermath, even during the game the, but, when they but, were making their run, when, in the midst of the run, uh-huh. maybe not tops no sit Sunday, but it is it is the closest thing that that blew the Purdue game out of the water. Hmm. That's yeah. what that's what I would say. I would and, have to agree. And I, I asked multiple people uh, that there, and they they all agreed. And and but remember, P- Purdue wasn't full because it was. The little, students the, weren't there. Students weren't there. The weather wasn't the greatest. Right. Yeah. But, but this one, I was say no, no Sunday. It was like 250 bucks to get in. It, it was, was like 14 bucks to get in tonight. I I understand like maybe maybe not the build up and maybe yeah. not the reward, the instant reward right. and gratification at the end. But guys, I, I'm sure maybe you guys saw this the graphic that BTN put on the screen that when Wisconsin led, yeah, yeah, led by 15 plus 120 and oh. That's crazy. Um, it, it was it was incredible. Dude, we're one in sixty. You're sweating was, a bit. Were you a part of the court story? No, 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 no. I, I, I walked. Uh, well, no. Honestly, I was fine. I wasn't sweating up until I, I ran across the yeah, window, pumping up the crowd, yeah. <laughs> pumping up the crowd. So, no. so you didn't get a court story? No, no. I no. I, I ran no, straight back me, for uh, straight back for Greg Gard and, and Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. yeah, one of those was more enjoyable than the other. Oh, yeah. Well, can you do a quick wrap up before we get to the phones on on each of them? Oh uh, well, so yeah, I mean, so I mean, Greg Gard, I, <laughs> he was very disappointed, understandably so, right? Uh, said, I mean, he he was very adamant that they took too many jump shots. Greg Gard said that mm-hmm. um, he felt like Crowell needed to get more uh, aggressive with it, right? Uh, that's a guy that's put up a lot of points on rink mass in his career, and uh, he at one point had zero points and ten rebounds, and I think he only, I think he only took two yeah. shots all game long, yeah. and so Nebraska got away with that one a little bit. Um, Fred was, I mean, praised for his players. He he said that he's like, that's the most animated I've ever been towards my team in, in, at halftime and mm. stuff. And so uh, he's like, you know, listen, we didn't know how they would respond, and then they responded well. Um, he got asked a question about the, the NCAA tournament, and he said, we're on to Saturday, and let's just hope we've played better on the, uh, against Illinois than we've ever played on the road. 
So yeah. there you go. Huh? There you go. There's a wrap up of the post games uh, uh, press conferences from each coach. Let's go to Quentin here on the on, on the hotline. Quentin, are you there? Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, hopefully you're celebrating a victory. <laughs> Did you have a question for Strick? No. Well, Strick, like, I mean, with your time in the NBA, like, you know, I just think Rink has just a really good like body control. I've been a big guy, you know, all my career, and you know, used using his body to guard and defend and like, you know, just do a little hook. You know, I just think that he's one. I mean, he's. I'd compare him to like, you know, Marich did a really good job, and um, he just uses his body really well to to do both. Um, a hidden, a hidden, uh, a gem in today's world where everybody's just offensive. I think he just does both really well. But uh, you know, you could speak more to that. But uh, huge win by the Huskers today. You know, take care of business at home. Solidifies going into the tourney, I think, and. Let's see what happens after that. There it is. Thanks for the call. There it is. Listen, um, Rink Mass with his abilities to shoot. Anybody that can stroke it, um, you know, there's guys like Brian Scalabrini and, Mm -hmm. you know, that played in the NBA and had some some great, great uh, years. Anytime you can stroke it, you've got a chance to make it in the NBA. You know, if you've got a burner, he can shoot. Um, I think it'll even be better once he gets his knee back fully you know like he's still playing on a you know a recovering knee but also i would say he just athletically he probably is going to be a better fit for europe european ball to Mm -hmm. be honest because here's why you're not going to be able to guard guys like that in the nba you're not going to be able to he's not going to be able to guard Embiid. (laughs) you know Giannis. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I, I love him. He's not going to be able to guard Jokic. I mean, right. he can handle some guys here because I still don't even think Zach Eadie's going to be a pro. Right. At, at the at the NBA level, just because of the way that he plays. Now, if, if, if Zach Eadie could do what Rink does, Zach Eadie's got a spot. I just don't think that's the case. Now, don't, that's the only reason I'll say is because these guys, AD, and you just start looking at guys that yeah, he would have just to the face. athleticism. The athleticism and, and just the abilities. He just, I don't think he has enough of the, the lift yeah. that you would need to get to the next level. Now, Jokic don't really have it, but Jokic is seven foot. Yeah. And, of course, always it's not always just about getting to the NBA. Rick Mass has another year here at Nebraska <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, he does. So. And, and he can work I, on it. I think yeah. he plays with a lot of grace. Like, yeah. his, his, his he's, he's smooth. For as big as he is, and I was telling somebody's pregame his passing is awesome. I was, yeah, I was I was telling somebody pregame like Nebraska just hasn't had a big man that's smooth and as as, as generic and as basic and as maybe general that sounds like it's a luxury for Nebraska to have that, and and it's a good thing that they were they uh, they were utilizing it tonight. No doubt, he's a bru. He's not a bruiser like March and no. those guys like that. Yeah. But man, you he, know, he, I mean, he, he, he held his own and yeah. give him credit. I mean, there's been games where Krause dropped 38 or 40 points on him in, in, in times before uh, Rink was Got at here. Nebraska, right at Bradley. And so to, to hold him to what he did tonight, you're not going to be able to hold him without rebounds, but Nebraska, Hey, it doesn't matter how you do it. You won. You got it. That's win. a big one. That's a big one. A big, we, big we're going to talk about it tomorrow because yeah. we talked about this win and how important it was for the Man. standings. 
We'll get into it tomorrow. Somebody called, told me I was on my hippie lettuce earlier today. <laughs> oh, I'm staying on it. No, I'm kidding. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of hippie lettuce and fun downtown in Lincoln. <laughs> oh, the places uh, are packed. Yeah. I yeah. was tempted, Stricky. I, I was know tempted. You were. Stop by. Walked in, I'm by. Everybody gets one. <laughs> well, thanks to Nick Sander for joining the show tonight. Thanks for the callers and everybody for staying up late with us. And, of course, thanks to Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet Eric Strickland. Huskers get the big victory, second big victory over a top 10 team this year at home with an 80-72 win over the Badgers. They now have wins over the three of the top four teams in the Big Ten. The next, the one team they don't have a win over in the, that's in the top four in the Big Ten is Illinois, and they'll get their shot at them on Sunday on the road, 5.30 uh, tip-off, and we will be here for post-game afterwards. Thanks for joining us. Go out there and celebrate, and go Big Red. Go Big Red.